everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I am sitting here in my studio. Now, normally this would be the time of the show that I would say I'm going to bring in my guest in a moment, but first I must catch up with my producer, the self-described bad boy of podcasting and recently monikered most dangerous man in podcasting, most dangerous podcaster. I forget what name he received accidentally from AJ Jacobs. However, Tony Thaxton has deserted me. He's abandoned me. He's just taken off so that he can play drums with Motion City Soundtrack, that little rock band that he plays with. I don't even know where he is. He's somewhere in the United States right now. So I'm by myself, operating the recording equipment by myself. I've done it before and I'm always able to do it. However, at any moment, things could go south. For example, <laughs> I just we realized that I forgot to turn on the backup recorder. Tony, who's hearing that right now, because he is going to be mixing this, even though he's not here right now. How's that feel, Tony? It could have been disastrous. Do you feel bad? Am I supposed to play Tony? Oh my god. <laughs> That's such a better idea than mine of just letting just letting air just 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 the awkward silence where I just thought about how I feel about Tony just not being there. You guys, my guest today is a very, very funny person. Her name is Lizzie Cooperman. She hosts the podcast In Your Hands, where she's allowing listeners to choose how she lives her life by each week, like offering two different choices. We'll get into that. She also has a very funny album called Organism. I think that's not her only album. That is the only album available. Yeah. Because when I search your name on Apple Music, something else came up as well. Oh, okay. So uh, she has the album Organism and something else, and we don't even know what that is. Oh, I think I'm on someone else's album okay. called and Holy Fuck. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Someone else's album. Yes. She's been on TV numerous times. She's also a television writer, uh, and she has just very white teeth, even ah. though she <laughs> was trying to claim that her teeth aren't that white. And I was like, bitch, get out. Your teeth are very white. And I was listening to her album before she showed up at my house. And uh, I was also, what was I doing at the same time? There was something I was doing. Mm. And I was like, it's hazardous for me to be doing this at the same time. It was something involving <laughs> my face. It was something specifically makeup. Oh, I was putting on eyeliner. <laughs> yes, it was something important. And it and I was laughing and it, it made me mess up. So that is, thanks a lot. I am so flattered. I hope I, I I hoped you would be. I have to say the Zoom whitening. Mm -hmm. So I got Zoom whitening free because I referred someone to my orthodontist. Mm -hmm. But like you were saying, you can't have coffee or anything after right. you. Yeah. That was really challenging for me to drink out of a straw and not let anything Right. So yes. Okay. So full disclosure. Oh. I <laughs> Oh, no, it's not a bad disclosure. 
I just they might not they might not know what we're talking about. Oh right right right. Yeah. Okay. Not full disclosure to you. Sure. Full disclosure sure. to them. I, I was saying that because you said she has really white teeth, yeah. and I just want to say like that was not genetic, right? On any level. What, what did they start? Like burnt sienna? Where, <laughs> where did you start? Before I had braces, I had one that was pushed back. Mm-hmm. And I think it may have just been like the shadow of it standing behind okay. other teeth. Right. That I felt like it looked darker. But it could have been in my mind. Right. You know? Yes. It wasn't like I was going through life like, yeah, like my teeth are – I love that you bring up burnt sienna. <laughs> what a, what's another crayon? My teeth weren't cornflower blue. <laughs> However, I did – you know, it was free, so I got it. Yeah. Okay, we need to get into that. Okay. I'm just going to fill yeah. them in on what's going on with me and my yes. coffee and oh, my yes. metal okay. straw yes. and all that. So uh, I drank coffee out of a normal coffee cup like a regular human being every single day, multiple times a day for my entire life. And then recently, I decided instead of swilling around a mouth of coffee and turning my teeth the aforementioned burnt sienna, <laughs> which was what color was that? Was it almost a magenta e brown? It was kind of gorgeous. I'm going to say it was kind of like a horse's coat, like a yes. reddish brown. Yes, like a chestnut almost. Yes. Maybe those that would be a good color for teeth. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to kick it out of bed. Right. <laughs> for being in someone's mouth? Right. Um, I uh, recently decided... You know, I'm just going to drink all of my coffee through a straw. So that is what I'm doing. And so when Lizzie and I were talking about teeth earlier, because we had a lot of deep conversations before we started, (laughs) she said something about her teeth. And then I said, oh, come on next to your teeth. Mine look. Did I say butter yellow or something? (laughs) It's not important. But yes. So, okay. So after the Zoom whitening, you had to drink through a straw. Here's what I want to know. Was it like the most painful thing ever? No. Really? The Zoom whitening? Yeah, no. because Moshe Kosh, Kasher, Kasher, Moshe yeah. Kasher, and I, I apologies on the last name. I've had him on my show. At one point, I could say it correctly, but for some reason, I doubted myself just moments ago. He just posted on Instagram <laughs> that he whitened his teeth, and he said that it was like 10 out of 10 uh. level pain-wise. I've done the whitening trays and things mm. years ago, um, and then like Crest, I've done the at-home stuff. Right. So I had it in my head that the in-office thing was really, really painful. You know what? I think there was a certain point where it was like, okay, you can stop. Like I think toward the end because they they do it in increments. So it'll mm-hmm. be like a couple minutes, then stop, a couple minutes, then stop. But yeah, I guess because your teeth do have like root endings. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. But wait, but was it – Moshe saying that – Makes you think he's a, a I, big uh, <laughs> I'm like that speaks more to Moshe's resilience yeah. or lack thereof. No, but uh, it, I didn't – that's not – that wasn't my takeaway. My takeaway was it feels very vulnerable for someone to open your mouth up like that yes. and see – it feels like they're like looking into another organ or something. Right. <laughs> but he said that it was in the days after. Oh, He was just like laid up on the couch just in pain. I didn't have that, but I remember her handing me the retainer, which – I've since, oh no, that was after Invisalign, sorry. Mm. After Invisalign, I remember my orthodontist handing me a retainer and going, and this will last forever. And in my mind, I was like, this retainer will outlive me. This retainer. Yeah, it might. I'm buried with the retainer. (laughs) Would you like to be buried with your retainer? (laughs) 
<laughs> I'll put that. If I could get one back for free, because I lost mine during the pandemic. Oh, no. You know, you have different set. Did you ever get Invisalign or anything? Uh, no, I had. Um, well, I did have something cool, though. I had clear braces. On the front. Yeah. That is oh. amazing. Wait. Those- as opposed to like on the back? Because that's think- even more cool to have on the back braces. That's like some real celebrity shit. Because I follow on TikTok veneer check who's like my favorite tiktok account and she heard me mention her on another podcast and she came and I, i'm barely on tiktok and on one of my videos she's like thanks for mentioning me on the daily zeitgeist so we're practically best friends uh zeitgeist <laughs> i said that in a weird way but anyway um she always talks about lingual lingual braces mm. which are like braces on the back of your teeth but yeah i had clear on the front top and then I had regular like metal ones on the bottom. Oh my god, that's like the mullet of braces. <laughs> it was it was real party on the top. Yes, it was party in the back. Yes, yeah, it was uh, because I feel that the metal is the party because there's oh, okay. something kind of like you know cooler. I love that you had the clear because that's you know I mean you need that to be on camera. <laughs> oh well, this is when I was a, a kid. <laughs> I was a kid, but I had aspirations. You're like when I was doing my vlog as a child. <laughs> right. But my Z right. car. I needed it for my Z car. Right. I feel yeah. like the metal is a little grittier. It was. Know? Yeah. Yes. The metal <laughs> was in Riverside making meth. Exactly. And the clear braces were going to finishing school. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But I did um I had a retainer as well. Right. And I chose purple as my oh. plastic color, which was very stupid because it just looked like very atrocious when I would yawn or sneeze or anything when I would wear it in public. But this is about your retainer, oh. not mine. Oh, oh, please. I want to hear about your retainer <laughs> oh, first. Please. Thank you. Um, no, I, I cannot. I must hear about your retainer. Okay. Well, I was going to say that when you go, when you get Invisalign, you have to go through different, they keep changing out the retainers. Mm-hmm. So during the pandemic... I couldn't figure out which was the right one and my orthodontist office was closed and I was like, I don't know, they're all clear and I didn't want to put the wrong one in my mouth. Mm. So I was like, I'll just go without. Oh, because if you put, oh, so you're talking about the actual like aligner trick because if you put the wrong one, then you could like revert to your original teeth. Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I could revert to childhood. (laughs) Like my whole personality regresses. (laughs) But like I, so then, and we were talking about this a little before the show. So during the pandemic, I was living in this apartment and there was a peacock Mm -hmm. right outside my door that would not go away. I actually, I ended up naming her Credenza because I was building a Credenza from (laughs) Ikea at the time. And I kept thinking, anyway, so her name was Credenza and every morning at 9 a.m. she would just plop. I would hear a plop on my (laughs) balcony and look out and she was there. She would sit in front of my door. I think she had like a nest across the way. Mm -hmm. But so my lease was up and I I was just miserable in my apartment. So I ended up moving. I put all my stuff in storage and I had always wanted to live in New Mexico. And so I, I got an Airbnb in New Mexico and I just waited out the pandemic there. And without your retainer, without my retainer. Wow. And there was a certain point where I remember like taking stuff out of my trunk and seeing a stray like bottom retainer. (laughs) I'm not a terribly organized person. Same. Yeah. What do you think that is? Where do you, Hmm. have you, have you tried to become more organized? 
like a little bit mm. um and it doesn't go well i have a few theories none of them mm. involve me taking like accountability or owning this it's all me pointing fingers but my mother oh, my, this is what my dad says about my mom she's the messiest person i've ever seen um they're still together by the way uh but so i never again this is again I think of myself as a self-aware person, okay? I realize nothing that I'm saying sounds like that. <laughs> but so I realize this is a, I would like to say, uncharacteristically finger-pointing area of my personality. But I was not raised with any sort of regular, like, you know, once a month, once a week, once mm -hmm. a, however frequently you have to go through your stuff and edit it and get rid of stuff. And here's how you organize and here's how you this and here's that. Because my mom doesn't have those skills. So she didn't pass them down. Um, right. Because it's just like an area where we Rose and gals are not strong. So periodically. Rose and gals sounds like one word. Rosen gals. Like, yeah, yes, because yeah. people are always like, Rosen, is that sh is that short for something? Oh. And I'm like, yes, Rosen gals. Right. There's usually an extra syllable. Right. Okay. Okay. If, yes. there, if, there, if it ever was longer, I don't know. So I'm just going to say it was Rosen gals. <laughs> <clears throat> In fact, I remember when I was, I don't know how old I was, somewhere between eight and 11. Mm. I don't know why, but for some reason, everything on my dresser got put into pla uh, papers before plastic bags, I think. I'm 105. Got put into like paper grocery bags. And maybe, I don't know why we had to take, had to move everything, mm. but everything had to be cleared off and put into grocery bags. And those grocery bags got put in the garage. And I, it was sort of upsetting to me, but was I- like an extermination or something? It was like, yeah, it, it might- <clears throat> It might have been because, like, I was getting a stereo or something, <laughs> and we had to make space for it. it might, so something funny. upsetting, like I was getting a new stereo, <gasps> and we needed to make room for it. Or it could have been upsetting, like an exterminator was coming. I don't. It was either something good or bad. I don't know. But quickly, we had to like make space or clear something off. But I, I know the idea was like I'm going to go through those bags and get and and retrieve what I want. But I never did it. And for all I know. Those bags might still be there, probably not, but they might still be there. But I remember realizing it's been a few weeks and I haven't needed anything in those bags. It's interesting the way all Allison, that stuff. Are we the same person? When I put my things into storage before I moved to New Mexico, I lived out of two suitcases. Yeah. I made a mess out of that. <laughs> there, I should not have... Ha been given access to my yes. own storage unit because then when I came back, I moved into an apartment and I was like, okay, I feel like I have everything I need. Yes. And yet I went back and now I'm just like, I have, I am one person. I have like 12 dinner plates, like things that I don't even know. It's just you accumulate yes. things through life, but cleaning exhausts me. Same. It does not energize me. No. Like people are like, I had a great day. I went through all my stuff. That to me is just like. That's the worst day. The worst day. I will go so far out of my way to avoid same. doing that. I find it exhausting. Same. This just came up on my show. I keep telling myself because my show comes out. On, I work 
on my show up until like the moment. It's a lot of moving pieces. So then it comes out on Thursday. I post like the poll for people to vote or whatever. And then I go, okay, Thursday is going to be my day. And I've been saying this every week. I'm going to clean my bedroom. I'm going to get the stuff moving, put things that are similar into similar spaces. No, it never happens. Yeah. I even before I go to bed, I have a, I do a sweep of my apartment. First of all, like I hate, I don't like dishes with food on them. Mm -hmm. So that's very important to me. So I get everything out of my sink before I go to bed. But I have this thing where I go, okay, now pick up. And my mom used to do this. She she would go, she would count how many things she picked up and make it like a game. So I'll go, okay, I'm going to do a hundred things, like put a hundred things away. I always have more than a hundred things to put away. But I'm impressed you're doing a hundred. <laughs> That's really good. Sometimes I get distracted and I don't make it through the list. I would say I aim for a hundred and usually land on a good day. I will do the hundred. On a day where I become distracted, I land at about 30. But still, that's that's discipline to even do some of them. Um, do you have like a system? Because I have no system. No. And people go, just when you're done wearing something, just put it – or when you decide you're not going to wear something, just put it back. Mm. But where? <laughs> right. Oh, so I'm going to – right before – you know, once I get dressed, then I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to be there in 10 yeah. minutes. Yeah. And then I'm just like brushing my hair or whatever, looking for my – this morning, oh my God. I have two phones in my bag right now because I was like, I had to stop somewhere before I got here. Mm -hmm. I was about to leave the house and I was like, I don't know where my phone is. I was tried to call my phone. There was like an internet outage in the neighborhood. Oh, no. Have you ever done that like from your computer? Like, oh, have I? My phone? Have I? So many times. And then I pick up my phone and I'm like, oh my God, look at all the, oh wait, right. that was just ah. me. <laughs> just me pinging Like myself. Hollywood called from my <laughs> laptop. I... Yeah, so I couldn't do that. So I grabbed another phone, started charging it, found the other phone. I didn't know where my keys were. Like it was a, I need to figure this out. Like I have a bowl by my front door and I go, when you get home, put your keys in the bowl. That happens 50% of the time mm -hmm. that I put my keys in the bowl. But I, I did have an apartment once where I had drawers and I labeled, I got like a label maker and I just put labels on everything. And that actually helped me. But then you're living in a world full of like signs. <laughs> Refrigerator. Food goes in here. <laughs> Just very obvious. That doesn't seem like the worst. Uh, so Toaster. Do not put index cards. <laughs> Just <laughs> No forks. No forks. Um, well, why do you think you are this way? I think mine is kind of similar. I also, I know ADHD, a lot of people now are going, I have it and I didn't know. My doctor recently said, I think you do need Adderall from what you've been telling me about your life. I really don't want to take it. And I'm also afraid of losing my creativity mm -hmm. because I kind of, in a lot of ways, I associate that with my messiness because I always have things around. And if I'm making a project, I'll go, oh, and I'll use this toy frog and then I'll put this. Like it's it's everything in my immediate environment. I like to kind of use it for other things. Or I was doing this kind of like live stream on Wednesday night. It's called Night Slop. That was – it was kind of like a fake religion. But I, I was like drawing tarot cards for people and doing a bibliomancy where I would like – Pick a book, like a really 
dumb book and people would say a number and I would just turn to that page and like point to a sentence that would be like their horoscope or whatever. But even that was just things that I find around that I like to turn into <clears throat> other things. So speaking of frogs, I said frog and I'm like, there's one living in my throat right now. <laughs> That's been happening to me. I even have, really? yeah, I have a humidifier <clears throat> in here. I could turn it on. It's like LA allergies, I think. Yeah. We're trying, um, so we're trying to be super COVID careful in yes. here. And I'm wondering if I, if I turn a humidifier on, does that make it less COVID careful in Oh, because it makes it like wet? <laughs> I don't know. Do you know? Is this bad? Should I not turn it on? It might not work anyway. I think anyway. it's fine. But you, you don't have it. I don't have it. But who knows? Smash cut to. <laughs> I know. Is this even working though? I plugged it in. Oh, you know what? That power cord might not be. Okay. Hang on. Tony. Okay. Tony, Tony, we're going to pause. Tony, put the put the drumsticks down. Ah. Hang on. Okay. Put <laughs> the drumsticks down. Um, Tony, I'm just going to introduce myself yeah, to Tony. It. Tony, um, Allison's running inside. I've heard a lot about your bands, and I really hope it's going great. Um, I can't remember where she said you are. I actually played drums in... Uh, middle school. Was it high school? Oh, yeah. I played drums in middle school. And my parents said, if you could keep playing, we'll build you a drum set. We'll start with one drum. And then if you stick with it, we'll get you other pieces to build a drum set. And <laughs> um. I brought my – oh, this was actually high school. I brought my snare drum to school, my first real piece of drum, and somebody stole it from my high school. So um, that's how I ended up quitting the drums. And when I did the artist way <laughs> – Oh, the artist way. When I did the artist way, they tell you to go back and pick up one thing you quit. And so I took a drum class. The part I can't get past with the artist way is – her saying that you have to write it out longhand because really? uh, I'm a, I like to type. You know what though? Hmm. It forces you to slow down, hmm. and that's what you need to do because it's in the spaces that the thoughts come. You're gonna when you start writing longhand, and listen, Gen Z, when you <laughs> when you start writing longhand, it's almost like when you're meditating. Do you meditate at all? Mm, like you don't a little tiny bit. I don't strike you as somebody. Who you don't, and I mean, you don't seem like someone who has. But a I also practice. mean that as a compliment. What I did it really? I think a lot of people, by the way, lie about meditating. I think a lot of people go, "Oh yeah, I do it." When? Yeah. When? So, I nap, but it's the spaces between the thoughts where things happen. Right. And you go, oh my gosh! Like a solution will come up out of nowhere, mm -hmm. and that's what happens with me with the morning pages usually so it's th i did them this morning that's really good yeah and for you it has to be like long i long see hand. i even my yeah. fingers just made the typing it has to be longhand okay yeah so <clears throat> excuse me i'm really i love talking to someone else who f feels that they are disorganized your house looks great by the way thank you but that is uh thank you my mother-in-law was just here oh okay she is um I, she is Marie Kondo. It's funny you say that because 
my husband had a crush on Marie Kondo and it was ah. like this running joke that he's going to leave me f- for Marie Kondo. But we recently, <clears throat> I realized he's going to leave me for Juliette Binoche. He's got a real thing for Juliette wow. Binoche. A young Binoche. Okay. I can see a similarity between oh, the two of you so actually. that's so sweet. Yeah. Thank you very much. Trois color. Mm. Three colors blue. Look, look who speaks oh French. <laughs> Horribly pronunciated. That sounded really I good to me. I didn't dare. There's a certain point where I'm like, I'm not even going to attempt the accent. I mean, I thought it was good. <clears throat> Thank you. Good. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, oh, yeah. So Marie anyway, Kondo, yeah. yes, uh, she's very, very good at organizing and cleaning. And she just like went to town on our apartment. So it looks so much better than it normally does. So funny that you said apartment. When I met House. Yes. Yeah, I know. Wow. I reverted. Okay. It's yeah, like I'm reverted. wearing your retainers. You're wearing my retainers. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> anyway, okay. I, I need to hear about yeah. in your hands and all the very I need and where the idea came from. Sure. And like all the various things and what you've been doing. But then I oh also I'm just gonna lay out where I yeah, want to yeah. go. Okay. I also want to know where you grew up mm. and what your childhood was like and um like how you got to be so dark and demented. Right. And I mean, that is a compliment. Thank you. I your, appreciate your, your that. comedy. That I is. like that you, you acknowledge it because I like, I mean, I didn't, I don't think of myself that way, your but I like to hear how it's perceived because I never get to hear that, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so Lizzie Cooperman's in your hands started actually when I was in my apartment and decided to move to New Mexico during the pandemic I didn't know what to, so my lease was up. I was miserable. I didn't know what to do. And I had a therapist at the time and I said, I really can't think of anywhere in California that I want to live. I don't want to be in this apartment anymore, but I know I have to leave. And I said, the only place I can think about that makes me happy when I think about it is Santa Fe, New Mexico. And he goes, then go. And I said, really? And he goes, yes, go. I love that. I do too. Because in a way, it was like I wasn't giving myself permission to do the thing that I knew would make me happy. Why was I staying in LA in case, you know, someone wanted to make an outdoor video? (laughs) Like, why? (laughs) There was no reason for me to be Mm -hmm. there. And I knew it was actually like before it was in like October of 2020. Mm -hmm. So I, I left and I thought, wow, I wonder if I had someone else kind of pushing me more if I would do more things. And I I developed the idea for a long time. I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll call it 11 and just do it 11 times, have people vote 11 times. And I kind of originally was imagining it almost like a video game, like a, remember Sims? Yeah. Kind of like that. You did? I didn't do it. I didn't do Sims. I just knew about it. Okay. Um, Same. No, I'm not even a video game person, but uh, Daniel gave me a mini iPad and for some reason, I don't know if it came with Sims or I, Mm. no, no, no. He gave me a mini iPad and I read an article by a woman that I was friends with where it was in Minneapolis City Pages and she like stayed home from work over a weekend. Why were you reading that? Um. I had written for Minneapolis City Pages as well. I I'm used to from Minneapolis. Oh, you are? Oh, how funny. Do you happen did you read City Pages? Yeah. Do you know Melissa Merritt's? No. Do you know that name? Okay. Um, 
so I used to, I, I have a journalism background and I wrote for OC Weekly and Village Voice a bit. And so, um, OC Weekly was owned by Village Voice and City Pages was also owned by Village Voice Media. So we, so sometimes I actually forget how hmm. I met her, but because they all were owned by the same parent company, like the different papers would get to know each other. Okay. So I got to know her, um, mm. and then started writing for City Pages a bit. And okay. Anyway, um, because I knew her, I read this story and she stayed home like over a weekend playing Sims. Um, <laughs> and I think it was a very interesting, like funny story where she basically got tired of the responsibility of having to take care <gasps> of these people and started like, just kind right. of like trying to like be, like sabotage yeah, it's like having them. a garden or something yeah and you're just like i can't do it anymore like right. what do you do people who start gardens they just have to tend to them yes. forever yeah <laughs> i know much respect to gardening but <laughs> not for me <laughs> right sarah schaefer walks in like but i love so it <laughs> funny. i know she grows beautiful tomatoes and I yeah she's amazing thing. um that's but, so funny yeah so anyway yes i did do sims but you were saying you were gonna okay. let, you were gonna be like a, a human sim. Yes. So it went through a lot of changes, and then finally, when I brought it to Starburns, it was at a place where I was like, I I understood more like the aesthetic and that. But but it it wasn't until I started actually doing the show that it kind of came together, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that happens with a lot of shows. It's like you need to do it a few times, and then it kind of finds itself. Right. <clears throat> and right now, I feel like it, it's has its own life in a way. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about it constantly. It's it's actually I mean it is the center of my world also because I'm actually acting out the things every week that they tell me to do and they're not just like should I take a nap or <laughs> binge watch and just like that. Like <laughs> there are weeks where I want to do that. Uh-huh. And but right now I'm trying to keep the stakes fairly high because I want people to feel like they're listening and they're actually impacting my life. Mm-hmm. Some weeks I really have to dig. And so far I've done some kind of crazy things actually. So like what? So so this is going to spoil some of the episodes. Okay. But I'll just tell you a few majors. Okay. Like there was one episode where I was just like, I feel like I need to bump things up, you know? And – I have been doing morning pages for like 20 years. I mean, I started doing the artist way so young. And then I'm just kidding. I'm like, and I started doing it when I was 11. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Flag that for follow up. But uh, so I have tons of journals. I also write poetry and I studied poetry. You had, you've had poems in the Harvard Review, right? Yeah, I just did a month ago. Thank you. And My life is – that's part of my disorganization is my space is overrun by – it's like a journal infestation, (laughs) just bins, 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 file cabinets. And I was just thinking, what if if one of the challenges or one of the weeks was journal purge where I just get rid of all my (gasps) journals? No. Or lotto splurge and I go out and I buy an entire book of lottery tickets how much does that cost? It was four hundred dollars. Wow. Oh yeah, so I'm gonna spoil that. So they voted Lotto splurge. Thank God. But, but you were willing. You were willing to get rid of journals. My thought was, I'll scan as much as I can. So basically, okay. they vote on Thursday, and then I take action on Friday. Mm-hmm. 
But I started and I started scanning like out of fear right after we did the episode. I was like, oh my God, I should start tonight. Like as the vote started rolling yeah. in. But then they've, I could cl- see clearly and people wrote me messages like, please don't do this. Oh, that's so nice. I think I just was like, a lot of them also, when you're asking about like dark and demented and where does your comedy come from? There's a lot of very sad entries from, I mean, I've been keeping a journal. So morning pages I've been doing for a long time, but since I was in like second grade and there was a lot of like turmoil Mm -hmm. for me personally that I, it's, it's all there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I open it and it's just like, oh my God. And I don't always want to see it. You know, I mean, I love, I have to look at and go, oh, I have compassion, self-compassion and stuff like that. But just feels like I'm lugging around mm, the past. I, a I get lot. that so much. You do? I totally get that. I can't that see that's part of I think for me why I'm like on this side of a being a hoarder. Mm. I'm not really a hoarder but like I totally get the hoarding thing mm-hmm. <laughs> is like I can't I don't want to go through it like literally through the stuff. I don't want to sort through it cuz I don't want to like be confronted with it and experience it but i'm also not ready to like let go of it and get rid of it and i'm like it's like unprocessed stuff that i'm lugging around it's like an it's like we're on earth Mm -hmm. and that's mercury and it's just like okay my journals are another planet yeah that's like kind of close by and it still exists but like i don't have to go there right yes like i do you ever do this i I don't know i chose mercury (laughs) (laughs) Um, could have gone Mars, could have gone Venus. See, and I just trusted that you have like a, a knowledge <laughs> of what Mercury represents. Well, it's way too hot on yeah. Mercury. That would burn the journals for sure. Right. Um. So my, what's your email inbox like? Oh my God, it's so bad. <laughs> Same. I will- I'd all- say around, I'm guessing if I were to check now, 25,000. That's- not a lot? Not as much as mine. <laughs> <laughs> so, but but also, like, my, mine is, um, it is a museum of old mm, emails and right. things that I might need someday. Yes. So, yeah, I'll, why do you have to clean your inbox? Right. You just type in a search word. Yeah. And it's, it's not like, like people see it. Right. So, I think to my, you know, I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, remembering some sort of exchange that I feel a little weird about Mm. that happened six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago. And I'm like, I could look that up right now. And Mm. I'm like, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to relive it. I don't want to reread it, you know? And then it's like, well, why not just get rid of it? Like, well, no, I don't want to do that either. Right. That's, there's, that I have that in like every corner of my life. It's almost like evidence or like, a reference if you need to refer to it. Right. I, there was, here no one's we are. ever, yeah. And here we are talking about <clears throat> my retainer again Please. when this is your episode. No, I want to hear about it. Thank you. You're being too kind. Um, my show is all about me and having other people talk about my life too. <laughs> so I'm like, no, this is good. This is good. So I had this, like, and I've talked about this on the show before. Uh-huh. I had this, involvement with um a guy who <clears throat> was married in New York that I I don't feel good about that. Um and it's like it's a much longer story. But sure. um 
and it precipitated like a very long um, period of celibacy on my part because I was just like, things are not going. Thing, I'm not making good decisions in my life. I need to just, mm-hmm. I don't trust myself um, anymore. Right. But anyway, he and I had had um, like a lot of emails back and forth, including an email where I was like, we, uh, like, I need to not see you anymore, you know? And he had kind of, he was hurt by that. Um, and then I kind of explained and blah, blah, blah. And I had printed out these emails. I don't know why. I think because they were, <laughs> it's a brilliant, a brilliant idea <clears throat> on my part was to be writing these from my work account at the time. Maybe I printed them out because I knew I was leaving that job. Right. I don't know. And not that it ever blew up. Isn't it crazy the stuff you've I had so much poetry in my I was a legal yeah. recruiter once and I was cleaning out my inbox like all I've done here is creative writing for myself. Younger people because we're young but younger people learn from us. Right. Don't do stuff from your work account. They do look. They right. are. You. I remember signing a piece of paper saying like at every job, like you guys, you guys are allowed to look in my email and they do look sometimes. Anyway, I feel dumb. Um, I printed those out and sure. I did throw all that away mm. and I have looked for it. So I, I'm 98% sure I threw it out mm. because I know I've gone and looked for it since and I can't find it. And I have a pretty strong memory of throwing it out and I've gone and looked for it because I've tried to write about it. And I'm like, oh, if I could find it, it would help me write about it. Um, so see, that's why well, that's why I wish I hadn't thrown it out. What I'm hearing right now is like you want to know there's something about looking back and and seeing who you were as opposed to who you are now. Because I feel like I've lived so many lives in one lifetime that I look back and I'm like, I'm almost trying to understand yes. myself. And sometimes you think I didn't write like it doesn't even seem like something that would come from you mm-hmm. yes totally. that's what's so interesting to me about it I guess is like it's almost like you're reading someone else's emails or something yes yeah yeah wow mm, this is deep it really is I'm really feeling the the levels yes yeah I am too yeah um but I in terms of clutter I do not think we should be held account. I, I don't think that we should be judged by our inboxes. Thank you. <laughs> At Nor all. do I. <laughs> Nor do I. So you're from Minneapolis. I am. Yeah. Um, what was that like? I had a lot of great teachers there. I miss the climate. I miss like I kind of miss snowstorms and stuff like that. I don't really know. I'm living in LA, but I don't really know if I'm that much of an LA person. Mm-hmm. I lived in New York for a little bit. I really liked that. I think about going, moving to where there are seasons often. But yeah, I grew up in Minneapolis. I was the youngest of four girls. Oh, wow. Yeah. And um, I haven't been back in a long time. When did you leave? Um, I left... Uh, I think when I was like 21 or something and yeah, I moved to New York. I like got passed to work at a comedy club as a performer. Everyone's like as a busser. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no, you said got passed. So I knew what that <laughs> Yeah. Meant. Yeah. You know what that meant? <laughs> so I got passed to work at the comic strip in New York and oh, cool. yeah. And the booker at the time, his name was Lucian Hold and he started 
like Eddie Murphy and I think Seinfeld. And when he told me to move there, because I was just out there visiting and I did a couple sets, I remember he reached out to shake my hand and he was missing like a couple fingers and he was like very thin. And I went to Minneapolis and I was like, yeah, this guy, I got passed at the comic strip. And there was someone who had lived in New York who said, you have to move out there now if he passed you because he's dying. Oh my gosh. So I sold all my stuff. <laughs> it's a theme. I'm like, I put all my stuff <laughs> Uh, I threw all my retainers in a bag <laughs> and I moved to New York with no money. I was like living. I remember moving and all I had was a garbage bag. I mean, wow. I really got rid of everything. Um, I kept some like journals and stuff at my parents' house in the basement. But um, it, seem, yeah. it does seem to have worked out for you. But like, is the idea that he's not going to tell the next person? That's so funny. I think it was just like, you should come up under him, you know, like mm. he was just such a legendary person. And I'm so glad I did because so he was sick and I ended up becoming friends with him and I took care of him. Oh, wow. So he lived in a way nicer. I was living in like Bed-Stuy area. Mm. Um, I was living, my living situation was pretty questionable throughout my time in New York, which mm -hmm. I think is pretty common. But yeah, he ended up dying mm. and I was with him the night before he died and stuff like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was, there was something where it was like, yes, I went there for stand up, but, but I felt like I also kind of went for other yeah. reasons, you know? So yeah. And then I, and then I moved to LA and I don't know. <laughs> this week on my show, actually, the, epi the episode is called WWE or P90LZ. <laughs> and I was going to apply as one of the options to become a writer um, in Connecticut for WWE. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because they have a job there in Connecticut that's just kind of always around that it's mm -hmm. like, but I'm not, I don't know really anything about wrestling. <laughs> I don't know how much yeah. you have to. I think they yeah. maybe they just need good writers, right? And, or P ninety. They they want they want them to be um to know about wrestling. They do. Yeah, okay. yeah. At least have an idea. I think. Like I would probably have to watch like four hundred hours of people hitting each other over the head with folding chairs. Yeah. To prepare for it. Wait, are you from Minneapolis or no? No. Um, I have. Have I even been to Minneapolis? I think I did a live show there once. <clears throat> no, I just have written. Oh, okay. I wrote a story about um, a band. Oh, okay. I've, I've just written for City Pages a little oh, bit. Oh, my gosh. Melissa, yeah. That's so impressive. <laughs> Thank so you. cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I'm from um, Southern California. And then I lived in, I did oh, live in New York for like 10 years. That but. is so funny because before I came here, when I was showering, I was like, I wonder where Allison's from. And I thought, I'm not really getting a Midwest vibe from her. Yeah. I thought – and then I was like, I bet it's a California. California, I feel like people, there's a comfortability. Oh. You know? Like you seem rooted. Thank you. Yeah. You have a, Thank you. You have a very grounded presence. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's so nice. I feel the need to go back and say when I uh, – about the dark and demented, I just want you to know – I just apply that in a like lighthearted way sure. to your comedy. And I mean that as a compliment. I mean that yes. as like a, 
it's hilarious in a twisted way. I do not mean it in any pejorative way. No, I would not want you to go, it's very light and digestible. (laughs) Like that doesn't interest me at all. So I'm I'm flattered and I love that you described it that way. (laughs) Dark. You're like, you are the Dementor. Isn't that a Harry Potter? (laughs) Oh, is it? Wait, what what are the Dementors from? That does sound like Harry Potter. I think it might be a Harry Potter thing, which I have been watched. That was a pandemic binge for me. And now there's a show hosted by Helen Mirren. Oh, yes. Harry Potter Tournament of something, Tournament of Wizards or something, where it's just like Harry Potter fans and they wear like sweaters that correspond with certain schools. Oh, wow. Which, it's it's really hard. Like, which, wait, wait. Which school are you? Because I have taken the quiz. <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Okay, I've gotten Hufflepuff. I've got. I'm always bored. I've taken it so many times. <laughs> what did you get? I think I got Hufflepuff. You got Hufflepuff as well. Yeah, but what are what wait, is that? There's Hufflepuff, Gryffindor, and Slytherin. And isn't there one more? I think so. There's one more that I'm forgetting. I'm not. I mean, I haven't read the books. Yeah. Stuff. Okay. So I I'm haven't either. I'm not the best. Uh, yeah. yeah. I haven't either. I started to read the first one. But the game show is like really good even if you have it because the kids will like finish a sentence. It'll be like, finish this sentence. You know, like Drago came walking down the hallway with his arms full of – and someone will just know. Like candles. So it's just like <laughs> it's just, fill in the blank from the book? It's more than that. But they'll be like, which of these – or they'll have a bunch of furniture on stage and they'll be like, pick out which sofa – was in, you know, so-and-so's living room or whatever. In, you know, which of these Falcons was in Dumbledore's office? And they go on stage and, like, inspect each, like, stuffed Falcon or whatever. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. It does, it does seem like it'd be more fun if you had seen read the book. Right, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I think I honestly at a certain point got, like, ran out of things to watch. Yes. You know? I'm like, why am I watching? I mean, there was a moment during the pandemic where I was like, Love Island, UK. I never would have gotten into that, you know? Yeah. I got really into Below Deck. Do you watch that? No. Oh, so good. What is that? Is that a a ship? I'm guessing. Okay. Yes. Uh, It concerns the staff of uh, a private charter yacht. Okay. And there's like a different group of people who come on the yacht each episode to like charter it and they have like ridiculous demands like Uh, to give everybody covid (laughs) (laughs) yeah um i don't know how they handle covid because i I went back to season one and so it's like the you know the captain and the the crew they're like one person here has covid and it's your job to guess by the end of the the season it's called covid mole (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a fun episode yeah 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 right it's called you're but, typhoid Mary. Yeah, you're typhoid Mary. You're typhoid Mary. <laughs> um, That's okay, amazing. so yes. youngest of four sisters. Youngest of four. Yeah, mm. yeah. Messy kid, always. So wait, where did you go to college? I went to Emerson College, and I studied. I tried to get a major called poetry and performance because. In high school, I would, well, I wrote poetry and I would do these pieces where, <laughs> Allison, I dressed like a 60 year old woman in <laughs> high school. Like, Pier One Imports sold clothes back then. 
And I'd be like, mom, please take me to Pier 1 Imports. And I would buy like giant wooden earrings and like dresses with like gold swirls all over them and stuff. It's very Stevie Nicks. Yes. That's so true. It was exactly like that. One time I went to class and my teacher was wearing the same dress as me. And I was like, oh my God, this is problematic. (laughs) This is an issue. But so I used to do these performances that were like poetry collages. Mm -hmm. And I would do them at like award ceremonies and stuff. They'd be like, would you like to read a poem? And I'd be like, they have no idea what they're in for. (laughs) I'd be like standing on chairs and like just doing weird stuff. So not that that's insane, but it wasn't, you know, I, I grew up in like a suburb of Minnesota. Yeah. You know, people probably wanted like a nice rhyming. Uh-huh. Friends are forever. That's what they mean to me. But I had a poem. A friend of mine had an abortion in high school and I was really processing it. And I wrote a poem about it um, called Purple Afterthought. And I didn't know that it was a, even a, a controversial mm-hmm. issue or anything. And I come out on stage in my black dress with gold swirls and I go, she has 30 minutes to tell me about two abortions. And I see jaws dropping, you know, Uh but I did this full performance and people were like impacted by it, you know, Uh but it was like a collage of poetry. No one said like, you can't, but I did feel like, oh, maybe that, you know, I thought you should just anything that's out there, you should dive into it. Like that's where the meat is, the juice is, right. go where that is. And that, and I was effective. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to use that. Yeah. But I was, was processing it. Yeah. Because yeah, a friend was going through this and she was feeling really self-destructive and stuff. And it was all about us like driving, you know, through the icy school parking lot as she's telling me about mm-hmm. this guy. And anyway, so in my mind, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I want to put my writing in. I want to take my writing and put it into like unique forms mm-hmm. and find new ways of expression, basically. So I went to school and I I had an acting major with a poetry minor. I presented this idea. They said no. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I had to write like a long essay. You know, it was just like anything that wasn't my strength, they made me do in order to get this major approved. Mm. And it was just too much work. And then I thought, well, what's it going to matter when I get into the world? Yeah. Who's going to go, oh, you can't perform here unless you your major is poetry and performance. <laughs> like there's no job where right. that would help me. Right. So I ended up in college, I started performing inside giant refrigerator boxes. Oh, wow. And I was doing like kind of performance art where um, I had one piece. This was like the beginning of it where I came out in a box that had sponges all over it. So I had like two sponges for the boobs, one sponge for the vagina. And it, I came out and then I, like with my back facing the audience and I would turn around and go, do you like it? Do you like it? Just tell me, do you like it? And I would say it over and over. It was this thing where, and then sponges started coming out from all over, like <laughs> out of my sleeves, out of my hair. It was just like, do you like it? Do you like it? Um, oh, actually, I just came out. Sorry. The end was me coming out as the giant sponge. First, mm-hmm. it was just sponges coming out from all over my body. And then I came out. So I started doing that performance. And then... um when I moved to, I moved back to Minneapolis after college and I started doing this piece called Poetry Machine where I was in this box with a hole 
it was like supposed to be like a poetry jukebox. Oh, so it was cool. like a little place where you could insert a coin. And then I had a tape recorder inside, <laughs> like a little player. And I would play Vivaldi's Four Seasons. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, dun, 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 dun. And it would say hello in all these languages. And it was like, and thank you for inserting the coin. And then my head would pop out of the hole and I would do a poem and then go back <laughs> in the machine. And I would just take that around to coffee shops and say, like, can I do this here? And there was like a cafe in St. Paul called Cahoots Cafe that let me do it like while you were going downstairs into the bathroom. That's so neat. So I started doing that. And then I really started doing stand-up in my mind as a way to almost, well, then I did the artist's way after that. Mm. So I started doing the artist's way because I think I was feeling blocked, like, I don't know if you've ever done this of like, I used to always be in a relationship mm-hmm. and then I would get out of a relationship and feel everything kind of flowing toward mm-hmm. me again and go, mm-hmm. I can't believe I was in that relationship where I was, you know, just, I felt like I was just stifling myself. Mm-hmm. But then there was one that I got out of where I just felt very lost at sea. And then the artist way was when I started doing stand-up mm-hmm. is when I got into that. The sponge one, what was that called? Um, I just called it Do You Like It? And was sorry, I feel like I No, please. I feel like I'm seeing Oh yeah, was there a there. bug? I saw Is it there too. a bug? Okay. A bug or a shadow. Um <laughs> was the idea that you were like a sponge soaking up their validation? I think it may have been about feeling invaded. When I go mm. back and think about it, it's like I can't get rid of this thing. Yeah, but maybe I'm saying, but do you like it? Like my problem, Mm. whatever my problem is, do you like it? Mm. I never really like figured out exactly what it was, but it just turned into this kind of eerie straddling the line. Like people thought it was, people were laughing, Mm -hmm. but it was also like tense. Right. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So- where did you? Oh no! Oh, oh well, I was gonna say. So when I started doing stand up, I, I was like, I am gonna learn how to do this so that I can. <laughs> in my mind, I thought so I can make money, which is so funny because <laughs> it's so hard to make money at stand up. <laughs> I was like, this is it. I took a class. So basically, like in the artist way, there's a week where you go. It's called creative U turns, and. She dropped her ads. I She's dropped- got them back. We're going to hear about the toothbrush momentarily. Is there a toothbrush in there? <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> but like spiritually there is. <laughs> spiritually, we've got a toothbrush. We've got a humidifier going. Yeah. We, we have do. a COVID bat somewhere in the room. <laughs> <laughs> this is the second reference to COVID bats today. That's oh so my God. crazy. And I've gone years without hearing about COVID bats. That is so funny. Oh, so, so you were weird. asking about when I was saying WWE or P90LZ. Yeah. P90LZ is, I was t- saying on the podcast that I now have like bat wing arms oh, a little bit. Mm. And so I devised a system called P90LZ and they could vote for me to do it where for three three months, it's this workout that I detailed on the show. And then after the three months, and if anyone wants to do it also, September 7th, I'm going to post a video of myself waving. <laughs> and that's it. I don't have to say what it's for, just so listeners right. will know like that's what it is. And we'll see what happened to the Batwing, which is also called 
I've always called it bye bye arms. Oh, bye bye arms. But I know P ninety X is this. Is it yes. like the same thing? Yes. I just don't know LV. LZ is LZ. Lizzie. So oh, like, oh, it's, oh, it's, I it's, love it. <laughs> it's P ninety Lizzie. I love it. It was a last minute fill in option because sometimes with the show too, I'll be like, oh yeah, or I'm going to do this thing, and then the option falls through. Right. Like there was one that was called um, Turtle slash Spiritual. <laughs> <coughs> it was, do I go to this turtle race with my friend and her friends from work and just see if I can turtle meet anybody? Race. Oh, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I did that episode and Todd Glass was my guest and he was like, I've got to say, and I don't know if you want me to say this, I don't know if it's right for the turtles. Mm. And come on, Todd. Allison. Did he make you feel bad? Well, here's another spoiler. Because the other one was, or do I go to this weird spiritual thing that could be a cult, but we don't know. It's not like so, dog fighting or something. So I asked someone, where did I went to the race? People were Uh-oh. screaming. So it was like, it was literally like the gladiator. This guy, oh. and the host was just like, it was like Dane Cook times a hundred, oh, like no. prowling around this kind of like oh, in the back. round, you know, like he's like, our next turtle and people are screaming and then i think oh my god and now this turtle is just like released yeah, that's bad energy for a turtle <laughs> it's bad energy and they have a shell they have to absorb it yeah so like yeah they don't have a they don't muffs. have a humidifier yeah, <laughs> if they take it in so then i ask somebody i go where do they keep, where do these turtles come from and they go oh they live at the bar oh the turtles live at the bar and i thought I think Todd might be right. Yeah. These turtles just hanging out next to probably well, but some- don't they have like some special turtle home at the bar though? Or just like they live like in- It's like they're probably just in, in the bar, box. in the manager's office inhaling yeah. cigarette smoke, waiting for the next round of bar trivia or something. I doubted Todd Glass's humanitarian thoughts. I mm. felt like maybe he was being excessive and I think that I'm wrong. Todd, I w- I'm sorry. Well, I feel like a lot of people enjoyed the turtle race. Maybe yeah. they treat them like gods. I don't know. But I mean, like, honestly, what does that mean? An extra leaf of lettuce or something? Right. How do you Seriously. Do- yeah. So, but that one, I can't even remember what I was, why I was saying. Tur- oh, but so my friend was like, sorry, we can't go anymore. So I was like, oh, my God, I have to go. Oh. My-. So then they voted turtle and I had to go by myself to the oh, turtle race. Yeah. And those are the situations where. I pretend to be a journalist. <laughs> I'm like, that's I'm not smart. a nerd. I'm a journalist. <laughs> I'm here investigating. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, what was the thing you were most so, not wanting to do? Okay. There was one episode where they voted for me to apply at Cold Stone Creamery. <laughs> and it is true. Like, I do need more work right now. And since the pandemic, it's been ver- very patchy for me. And I was... I was in the valley and I was just like, what's near here? Where could I just go in and ask for a job? And I was like, that might be funny to be like, oh, I'll get a job at Cold Stone Creamery. They didn't hire me. <laughs> they ghosted me twice, two Zooms. I like went, she goes, can you do a Zoom in 30 minutes? I went home. I like put on makeup, ghosted by Cold Stone. Then I called another Cold Stone because I was like, I have to follow through on this stuff. Yeah. And the girl on the phone goes, how old are you? And I go, is that important? And she it's goes- It's actually illegal for them to ask. That's what I thought. Yeah. 
And I go, is that important? And I go, I'm a full on adult. And she goes, like high school, college. <laughs> and I said, I feel like this is really ages. Like I said something to her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't pan out. Wow. No one wanted me to scoop. <laughs> you have to dance there if they tip. Right. Yeah. So it's probably best. But so they voted for that. And that was the one where I felt like, I didn't wasn't able to fully follow through because mm-hmm. you don't really know. Yeah, what was the alternative for that one? Um, it was called scenery or creamery. <laughs> so that one was, or I was gonna go um, paint something for my apartment at one of those like paint and sip places. Mm, yeah, that would have been more fun. I know, relaxing. Uh, I need to talk yes. about some important things, but then when we come back from this break, I want to find out how you got into poetry. Yeah, because okay. that is something you don't hear. I myself love poetry, but I feel like there's not that many people who are into poetry these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if you feel that way as well. Listen, you guys, um, I want to tell you about BetterHelp. You've probably heard me talk about BetterHelp before. You've certainly heard me talk about therapy. Huge fan of therapy over here. Therapy has helped me uh, immensely. And uh, I think a lot of people right now are dealing with burnout. I know that I am. I know that Daniel is. Uh, Life can be overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, irritability, fatigue, and more. We associate burnout with work, but that's not the only cause. Any of our roles in life can lead us to feel burned out. But BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you to prioritize yourself. Talking with someone can help you figure out what's causing stress in your life. Um, and I right now have two friends who are doing therapy with better help. They both started up in the pandemic. Um, one of them tried to get in with a tr- traditional therapist and had the hardest time because, uh, of just these really long wait lists, but was able to get in with better help right away and, uh, has just benefited so much. And I know that BetterHelp has helped a ton of people. Um, and it's just great because you can just you start right away. And they allow if you don't feel like your first therapist is a match, you can change a number of times with no extra charge. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your personal therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp dot com slash best friend that's better help better h-e-l-p dot com slash best friend and i also want to talk to you guys about something else everyone is talking about cbd these days i heard wendy talking about it earlier (laughs) by now most of you know that it's a great way to help with pain inflammation and sleep without the high associated with its its cousin thc what you may not realize is that cbd and other hemp-based compounds also have amazing benefits for your skin terracana cosmetics is a certified brands company that combines the amazing benefits of cbd and cbg with other cutting-edge ingredients like starfish extract to make some of the best skincare products on the market you may be thinking starfish extract. But what about the starfishes? I just want to tell you and Todd Glass, if you're listening, nothing Uh, happens. It is not. They do not harm the starfish at all in order to get starfish extract. It's a natural alternative to retinol that reduces wrinkles and is much gentler on sensitive skin types. And the best part is it's sustainably harvested with zero harm to the starfish and zero THC. Terracotta moisturizer and age-defiant eye cream will leave your skin looking and feeling younger. Go to 
www.terraconaskin and use code Allison for $25 off your order. That's www.terracona, T-E-R-R-A-C-A-N-N-A, skin.com, promo code Allison. So www, I think I added an extra W there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> www.terracana, T-E-R-R-A-C-A-N-N-A, skin, S-K-I-N.com, promo code Allison, A-L-I-S-O-N, for $25 off your first order. Okay. Lizzie. Can I change an answer? Yes, sure. When you were like, what's the one that was, oh, that you didn't want to do? Yeah. So I had one episode that was called <laughs> Guy I Met or Dresser Roulette. <laughs> And it was, do I go out with this guy I met while I was kind of buzzed outside this food truck? Or do I play a game of dresser roulette and go buy an Ikea dresser and then text the last 10 guys in my phone, will you help me build a dresser? Oh, my God. And and you have to go with like the first one. Yes. Who says yes? Like someone you've had like a connection yeah. with. So on that episode, so I interview experts on both sides mm-hmm. for every episode. And there was an a guy who claimed that he could put together Ikea dressers in like 40 minutes. And at the end of our phone call, he goes, also, I'm single and I would like to be added to your list. So oh, I was wow. like, okay. And everyone was like, you should have that guy do it. He sounded so cool, blah, blah, blah. Had you seen what he looked like or anything? There is a bug in here. No, I had never seen a picture. I mean, we had a conversation and he seemed really knowledgeable. So at, I text this guy and he's like, yep, I'll be there. As I'm waiting for him, I'm like, this is, I'm alone in my apartment Mm. waiting for a stranger to come over. Yeah. And this is going to be like a project, you know? He came over. He was perfectly nice. But I had to be somewhere in two hours. And Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, it's going to be done in 40 minutes. Yeah. He didn't finish it. What? So he came over at like three. I had to leave at five. And it was just the frame. So then the dresser became this huge, like, it turned into like a drama. There were three episodes dedicated to the dresser (laughs) that ended with a task rabbit coming over to my apartment. I built the dresser. Basically, there was an episode where I ended up, it was called The Malm. Do you know that Ikea dresser? Yes. I mean, I know the name. It's the one that was tipping over. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I bought the mom. My friend was like, it's harder to get a mom than an AK-47. <laughs> you literally have to like sign paperwork. It's actually not hard to get an AK-47. But oh my God, you're right. I know what you mean. It's, yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> okay. Take that in. Soak mm, that in. Soak it in. They lead you down like a gate. Like they have to open a gate for you to like get to the mom dresser mm-hmm. at Ikea. It's this whole process. Yeah, it is. Wow. What you just said is really blowing my mind. I okay. know. It's mind-blowing. <laughs> so, that bug just dropped dead. Right. Right. <laughs> From the, <laughs> a truth, truth bomb. So after he didn't do the dresser, I was like, okay, what if I try doing it? So one of the episodes is called Mom's Day and Matched by May, or Matched by May, which is that I also had talked to a matchmaker on the show who was like, I'll, set you, I'll start setting you up with people. That one was a tie. I actually had a perfect tie. Oh, wow. Of votes. And so mom's day was that I, I put together the dresser and I make May 20th a holiday for anyone who has like a dead mom or a strained relationship to build furniture. <laughs> it's like an official oh. holiday, but you treat it like mother's day. So I like went out, I 
bought, you know, orange juice, champagne, flowers, and I tried to build the dresser. But when I built the drawers, they wouldn't fit into the frame. And I found out he built it upside down. What's wrong with this dude? Was he doing this on purpose or is he just I feel so bad, Allison, because I've dragged him every episode. I'm like, we can't drag him again. I feel Mm, so bad. I feel like, (laughs) but is is it ineptitude or was he like... Nervous. Someone was like, so he was actually, the way I even got in contact with him as my sound engineer was like, I have a friend who's like really into building Ikea dressers. Okay. And I was like, okay, he'll be my so he's expert. he's not like a true expert. He's a... He did not work for Ikea. Okay. See... I thought he was like someone who bills himself as an expert or something. If you guys listen to the episode, Guy I Met, Dresser Roulette, it's also one of the... I have the best guests on. They're so funny, but it was just like mayhem. Like yeah. this just turned into this whole... I had to, then I had to do the next episode and like say how it went. And I was like, I don't want to, this guy drove, right. he drove a really long way to get to my house. And he's friends. He showed up with toolboxes. Like. Poor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard so, from him since? No. And I mean, I have talked about it a lot. On show. I actually feel bad. I mean, it's getting to the point where it's like, he just was just trying to do something nice. Right. And because he didn't do it, then I'm like, you know. Yeah. He's roasted. Now. Yeah. Yes, he's roasting. Speaking of which, so it ended with a task rabbit coming over and fixing it. And in the task rabbit's bio, he said he was a fire performer. So he's putting together my dresser. And I was like, you're a fire performer? That's so cool. And he looked at me and he goes, I could pretty easily set you on fire. Oh, my word. He goes, I could do it pretty safely. And I go, you mean like at a show or something? And he's like, yeah. So one of the episodes was, this is fire or this is us. Do I let my task rabbit start me on fire <laughs> at a show? Like, and I was going to go, okay, if they choose that, we'll figure out a way to like, I was going to do a writer's room to like figure out what joke could like end with me bursting yeah. into flames. And that was one where after, and then the other option was this is us, or do I become a tour guide for the TV show? This is us. <laughs> and what did they choose? Well, that night after I we did the episode, we put it out, I, I'm lying in bed and I'm like, I'm sorry. I would let someone start me on fire. Like the reality set in. Mm -hmm. Because every episode I'm like, oh my God, that would be such a good idea. But then I remember, oh no, it's actually happening to me. (laughs) And I tend to forget that Mm -hmm. because I get so caught up in the creative aspect that I go. He said it. he could do it safely, Lizzie. (laughs) I, yeah. So then what do you do? I know. And I I actually talked to a fire, another fire performer who was like, I would definitely look into his credentials and see if he's done this before. And I mean, is that the only, is that the credential you look into though? If he's done it before? Because I'm thinking like, Mm. well, what credentials are there? Right. Poetry and performance. (laughs) (laughs) He went to Emerson. (laughs) I'm also thinking I bet there are few clubs that would allow you – I guess you could be an outdoor performance, but like you're not going to – go ahead. My idea was to do it at – this comedian Brett Davis had this outdoor show and I asked him, do you think you could do It's an outdoor show in the woods. (laughs) No joke. I got there. A canopy of trees. Oh, no. Leaves. We would have – Dry brush. Yeah. We would have started Hollywood on fire. Oh, jeez. Like it would have been a nightmare, but people ended up. I mean, am I really going to spoil this one? I bet you can guess no. which way it went. I can't. I okay. People, people are going to have to listen. Yeah, to find you need out. to listen to it because now, if you start from the beginning, in the beginning, I had no idea where this would take me. You know, 
And so certain things have developed. Like I now have a matchmaker, like working on, she sent me two matches yesterday. Do you like any of them? (sighs) The process of going through a matchmaker has an underlying sadness to it. (laughs) Getting these full profiles of men who have had a professional photographer, you know, take a picture of them, you know, posing on Manhattan Beach, kind of flashing their Rolex. (laughs) One guy had like a photo where he's like, she's only sent me a couple, but then you also go like, who goes to a matchmaker? Right. Like someone too busy to swipe like i don't know and i don't want to put her she's really has been great so anyone if you're looking for a matchmaker go for it maybe i don't know it's interesting it is interesting who goes to a match how did you meet daniel um he emailed me he heard me on a show oh my gosh Um, i know uh he heard me on a show and then he went to my website uh, or he Googled me or so, I don't know. He, he, then he started mm. reading some stuff I'd written and he read this piece that I wrote a long time ago. Um, and then it like led him to something else. And then he read like, Oh my some, God. Some, so he did like a full on investigation. He was a journalist <laughs> at, a, at a turtle. I race. guess. Yeah. At the I turtle mean, race of your life. <laughs> yeah. I, like he, it it wasn't like it's it wasn't like a super deep dive. It was like some light googling, you know, because it, it was like linked on my website. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so he, you know, read some stuff and then like read some pretty like personal stuff I had written. Again, not like it wasn't like a full excavation of like you're like he read my emails that I printed out from that job <laughs> yes. and he was like, this is the one. No, okay. <laughs> and then sent me a, a very nice email, um, and. It was such a nice email responding to like some personal stuff that I had, but, but published, you know, that I wrote back. I think I wouldn't have always written back to what was like essentially fan mail. Uh huh. Um, but because it was. I, I don't know. Something about it made me write back. Have you ever been in a fight with him and been like, and remember, you were just fan mail? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's in my back pocket. Yeah. No. And then um, he wrote back and I don't know, there was just something about like the way he used language mm. that made me take note of him. Right. Um, but it was he was still in the category in my mind of like, this is. A, this is a fan email. Okay. So it's like in a different category than I – don't, I don't know how to put it. But like I, I I had that sort of distance there. Was this before you had this show? Well, so when I lived in New York, I had Allison Rose's new best friend and it was a streaming internet show. Uh, okay. And then I moved out to California and then I started working on the Adam Carolla show. So it was when I was on the Adam Carolla show. Okay. Um. So that had such a big audience that mm. all of a sudden – I was getting like lots of email from all sorts of right. Like all of a sudden, there was all this exposure. So it so I was like getting lots of email all of a sudden, and so that's where he heard me. So, um, yeah. And so then we started, but I remember I I was like, who like this? There's just something about mm. I just feel like I it felt like we were kindred spirits. And I remember I like went and looked him up on Facebook. You're like, like you oh. have an AOL, but you have great <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Okay, 
Another crazy thing is that in addition to this being the second time I've heard a reference to COVID bats, this is the second time that like AOL versus ah. another email thing has come up today. This is a very special It is day. weird when you were like, I wrote for the Minneapolis. Like yeah. I feel like there are certain themes. Yes. Strange. So we have bats. We have retainers. We have AOL. AOL. Minneapolis. Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, and then okay. uh, we were friends for a while and then long, long story. Oh, so you just became friends with him. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So anyway, so I'll try to make it fast though. Yeah, yeah. But so have any- they heard it before? They have heard it, yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, do it as a poem, <laughs> Daniel. 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 Darkness. Um, so the Emails. friendship is good. The first are silver. The second are gold. The end. Daniel. Oh, it didn't I even love it didn't it. rhyme. But I know you have children. We have children together. I can't believe you did it. I did it. We did it. You so anyway, crossed the threshold of children. <laughs> so. Um, he had a publishing company with a, he had started a publishing company with a friend. So then, um, it turned into like, we think you'd be good at potentially writing this kind of book for us. Would you be interested in like meeting up to talk about that? And that gave us like an excuse to meet that wasn't a Who potential was we? date. Did he work for us? He and his, um, friend had started a publishing imprint. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that an imprint, an imprint. Um, they say that a lot on a younger. Did you ever watch that show? No. Oh my God. Yeah. It's sweet. Maybe I should watch it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a pandemic choice. <laughs> right. It's Along cute. with Love Island, you can right, right, right. So we met, um, but I had this suspicion. I mean, I think it was a legit thing, but it also was a way for us to meet mm-hmm. that wasn't the pressure of a date. Um, so we met, and then I remember getting in the car afterwards and fe- and feeling like I just want to keep talking to that guy. So then we really we were just friends for a period of time, um, for a oh while, gosh. and I had just moved to LA. No. No, I had moved to a back. I'd moved back to California from New York sometime before that. But I was living in Orange County, working in LA, um, trying to find a place in LA. Because you that, were living in Orange County, yeah, with my, that's where I grew up. So oh, I was living right, at back, right. I was back at my parents' house, and I at that point I was a full fledged adult. So I was a full fledged, just like you, applying to Cold Stone. I was a, right. I was a full adult living back in my childhood bedroom. Oh my, which God. was very weird. Um, commuting to Glendale for this job. So I would come up to LA and I didn't really know LA that well. Um, and Daniel would drive because Orange County is far enough away that I didn't come up that much. So, and Daniel would drive me around and show me different neighborhoods. And that's like how we got to know each other is we would just spend all this time. He was like showing me different neighborhoods. And I was mm-hmm. trying to find an apartment and eventually we became more than friends, but we were friends for like, and then he showed me an altar and we just, <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, what the hell? And our final stop. Our wedding. Our wedding. <laughs> Did you guys have a full-on wedding? We had a small full-on wedding. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Not that same day, but... Okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm glad it worked out. Some stories don't go anywhere. <laughs> Most. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Um. Oh so God. no matchmaker. No match. No, I didn't. We didn't use a matchmaker. I love that he messaged you and was upfront. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the thing, you know, someone who like goes for it. Yeah. Who do you think is the alpha and who's the beta? Oh, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. This is all stemming from a, are you familiar with Dr. Pat Allen? A lot of people have 
Is she getting to I do? Yes, yes. She Uh, talks about this a lot. Yeah, I forget. Yin and Yang. And duty dates. That's her too? Duty dates. Is duty dates her? That like the idea that at the beginning you got to date a lot of people so you don't get uh, like what? Like so you don't get dependent on one. Oh, I think that's a very good idea. And I think she calls them duty dates. Okay. So you're not like too into any one guy or something. Okay. Um, I am now remembering the alpha and the beta thing, but I- It's yin and yang with her, yeah. I forget. It's do you want to be, do you want to be respected for your thoughts or cherished for your feelings? Well, see, the problem is I want to be both. Yeah. And She says that means you're a narcissist. By the way, which I do not believe you are. Thank you. It's very antiquated. Yeah. But I think it can work. Like, I feel like her system could work, but- for people like us who are hmm. need to do all of this, like, I yeah, like that's tough. you have to take the reins on your career and your right. show and stuff like that, right? And you're always, you know, there are some areas where I, I mean, I guess this is the following is going to mm. show you probably is probably going to answer your question. <laughs> there are some areas where I will concede that Daniel knows way more than I do. And I'm happy to just be like, you know what, you do this because I just I don't get this and I don't know. You're like you organize the Tupperware or whatever. Right? Yeah, like, only or- you're like you clean the house. I you know <laughs> dishes so much better. Than right, I do. you're so good at dishes. <laughs> yeah, there's certain things that I, uh, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It depends on like what yeah. area. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm in some areas I'm I'm probably pretty alpha E. Mm. I'm starting to recognize myself as mm-hmm. more of that than I thought I was. Yeah. But I also have really lost interest in dating and stuff like that. I find myself even when this matchmaker sends me things, I'm like, am I a woman? Like I just I'm like <laughs> Looking at these men's faces, like there's just, what are we doing? They're sending me a full on piece of paper. It's hard. It has their salary. Oh, wow. It's a long description of like, and one of the guys that was like, he likes blah, blah, and romantic moments. And for some reason, I was like, ew, I don't want to have a romantic. No, it's. Don't tell me to have a romantic moment. That takes the romance. (laughs) I, my memory from, being set up or the notion of even being set up mm. or online dating or anything is that it all feels really grotesque, the mm. idea of it, until you actually feel a connection with the person. Mm. And then all that's all the gross feeling of it falls away. But the idea oh. of it until that point is like, oh, I feel like I'm being pushed into something. You know what? I actually feel like that might be it is that I go, well, this person's just desperate because Mm -hmm. why would they have gone to this woman? And I think that desperation is probably the least attractive thing. So I'm sure there's some of that going on in my brain. I'm sure they're nice. I mean, I don't know that they're nice people. I shouldn't say that. They could be. They Yeah, they they could could potentially be good people who are like, I don't know. And their friend said, I know this woman who... Does she say... Like when you... If you ask her why would someone go to you, what does she say? She says busy professionals. But that doesn't make sense. It's free for women also. So it's like... She's like the... She's like Patty... What's her face? 
Stanger. Stanger. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, not quite. Because they're not. No, I mean, she was good. She taught, I had a conversation with her over the phone where she was like, what do you want? And I said, I cannot be with a jealous person. Mm. I've had that before. It's so stressful for me because I perform at night. I'm around men all the time for my work. And if I'm friends with a guy or someone texts me, it's like, I don't want to have to feel like it's going to hurt my boyfriend's feelings. And I also don't like a clingy yeah. boyfriend. So I feel like I'm just, in some ways, I'm like, maybe it's better for me to just (laughs) be by myself for a while, you know? Like Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote You Pray Love and Mm -hmm. stuff, I was listening to her on a podcast, and she's like, I was always in relationships, and she was like, now I finally feel like I have time for like myself and spirituality and my work, and I kind of feel like I'm in that right now. But then every time, you know, holidays roll around and I'm Jewish, it's not like I'm like, oh, I came with my stocking, you know, there's none of that. <laughs> but it's like just being the straggler friend. It's been a lot. I, have, I was going between saying a long time and lot. And it's not a very weird. I go, it's been a lot. I do that all the time. <laughs> I do that all the time. I go somewhere lot, between. I'm like suddenly <laughs> British. But it's been a lot of that. And I'm kind of like, ugh. I'm, I I just like I'm dreading it too far in advance now. Mm-hmm. But I shouldn't just be like I want someone to go to a Thanksgiving party with me. Like that's not love. No, no. But it makes so, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't hurt to meet these guys uh-huh. as long as you bring mace. <laughs> as long as it's like a short as long as you're not committing to anything long right you know w- but with the knowledge that until you meet this person and find them attractive or intriguing on any level it's going to feel like going to a doctor's appointment like right. i just feel like there's probably no way around that because that's just how that, that has that been- is so funny yeah that's We're all my- checking out how much – how tall are you and how much do you weigh? <laughs> I think. Right, right. That's actually honestly – that yeah. was even not online dating. Like even just dating always felt that way. Like I always felt like, oh, I feel like dating. I don't want to – I feel like I have to push my – but then I would always right. say like to myself, but if you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. Mm. Do you know, even the two guys she sent me, the, I said, I don't know about the first one. She sent me a second guy and it said height 5'10". And I looked at his picture and I thought, you're not 5'10". And it doesn't matter to me mm-hmm. if you're 5'0". 4'9 might be a little extreme. Right. No, no, but it doesn't matter to me if you're tall or if you're short. It's the fact that like I can tell you're exaggerating already. Mm-hmm. And I already went through that this summer where there was someone where I was like, just little lies here, little Mm -hmm. exaggerations about lifestyle and height, which I was like, I know this guy is not. I saw him on one app. He was 5'9", on another 5'10". And I'm like, which one is it? Well, it turned out to be (laughs) 5'6". The reality of the situation is I've dated plenty of short men and I don't even, it's not, that is not a consideration for mm-hmm. me i like confidence yeah and intro like interesting people and people i can have fun with i'm not like right so, so it's just like the the dishonesty it's like okay 
Now show me the gambling problem. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what else what else do I mm. now have to you know sift through to get to the truth? So maybe hi, I'm going to tell you how to live your life. Yeah, I yeah. know that yeah, you're into that based on your podcast. Tell me. Maybe in addition to you telling her you don't want a jealous guy that honesty is really important to you. Yes. And like it's a turn off. Like small lies are a turn off. It's a turn I'm, off when you stand on your squatty potty for a photo. <laughs> <laughs> well, because what I'm here because what I'm hearing is that it because at first I'm like, okay, I think you are reading a lot into mm. this fib about or this exaggeration about the height. Yeah. Which I think is kind of potentially innocuous. I mm. think a lot of people do it um of all genders people do stuff like that however the more i heard you talk about it the more i'm like oh wait though i don't know that i can really sit here and say you're wrong about any of it though because it does suggest that he does lack confidence in his height and if right. you are wanting a guy who's confident in who he is like you're probably you probably are picking up on something yeah so yeah, that was the same guy. F- he's rolling up his sleeve. Okay, but he's so flashing. You, yeah, a watch. like you already know, right? What who you're, right. you're dealing with here, well, gentlemen? Don't flash a watch. Yeah, in your phone. <laughs> I mean, so here's a question: <laughs> Yeah, Do, can we say, can we make the general the generalization that a guy who is confident in who he is might not be going to a matchmaker because he's like probably doing okay out there? Right. I don't right. know. I know. One was a dad, and I kind of get that for a dad. Like, no, I don't. I don't get it. I'm just starting to think I, I just don't understand, you yeah. know? Especially if she's saying they're paying her fifteen to $20,000. Oh, my gosh. That's how much she said the guy pays. That's so much. I know. I wonder. I wonder what her promise to them is. <laughs> like, what, what are they coming to her saying? Eternal looking- life. Like I'm looking for a woman who, what? Right, you know? right. Are they? Do they make a lot of money? Is that what the, the thing first is? one didn't really? I mean, it was like kind of normal, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it was more money than I make, but I don't make a lot of money right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Spoiler: I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like hand supplying at Cold Stone. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What if I was like a millionaire? I'm like, so I applied to culture. I guess that would still be fun for the show. Be fun. But um, yeah. So that it's the income for me is like give or take, you know? Right. Yeah, I'm starting to just feel like the whole conceit of it is just not working for me, especially because I am at a point in my life where I feel like I'm just like feeling like I need to go kind of full steam ahead that Mm -hmm. I feel like if someone's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, you know, not 510 or whatever. <laughs> I just can't. I just feel like I don't have time to deal with that or to like, you know, tell comfort someone over their insecurity or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. So you don't want like no. a needy. Yeah. You don't want to clean right. needy. Guy. But it is interesting being like, oh, a matchmaker. It's like, I didn't even know they still existed. Mm-mm. Straight out of a musical. Yeah. I've talked to so many matchmakers because I'm, I'm always like, okay, I need to call a relationship expert for this or for that. And, uh, yeah, I was like, do you guys still wear shawls? Like, what? <laughs> right. I don't even know what the job. Is she married? 
I don't know, actually. Oh, I oh. think she said she is. I think she is. How'd she yeah. find her guy? Or- I should ask her. I'll ask her. I don't know how much we're going to be. She better start sending me some quality men. <laughs> <laughs> fascinating yeah yeah i know and then it's like he's open to dating women in los angeles it's like where does he live spain like what's yeah where how far am i gonna have to travel to see this guy right much respect to spain i've always wanted to go it is interesting i'm i really am now wondering what is her promise to them Mm. i feel like guaranteed marriage probably yeah, and how many women are in this database? Like, I really bet, like, she's sitting in a giant Batman <laughs> in a back. Yeah, and like the database, right? I, because I bet these guys are coming to her, being like, "The chicks here, and all they care about is partying." Right. And but I'm looking for someone who's. I've given them classic dude voice. <laughs> um, you know, I'm looking. Well, I'm basing right. this off of what I've seen on TV shows. Who knows? Mm. I don't know. Mm. How, yeah. How did you wanna... get into poetry? Sorry, I just talked no, over you. No, please, please. So I have been keeping a journal since like second grade. And it just, as soon as it even occurred to me that I could write it, I started writing it. So I guess when I was younger, you know, I had a lot of, it was mostly about guys, but then also some darker emotional family stuff. And it got dark pretty quickly, I'll say. Even, well, that's interesting. In the beginning, you were asking about the kind of darkness in my comedy and stuff. My first drawings were one was gorgeous bat. One was a bat. Oh, that's another. another it came bat. up again. Bats. Wow. Or it said like be- gorgeous bat or something. And then there's one that's like beautiful tornado. <laughs> like Everything was kind of like darker. Storms. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. So, um, so the poetry became kind of, had kind of a dark angle to it. Mm -hmm. I also had, you know, my own helping of teenage angst as well, Mm -hmm. you know, but I was, I was kind of a bad, I was a good and a bad teenager. Like I was president of student council, but I was also a huffer and I would huff, um, Scotchgard. Whoa. (laughs) My only knowledge of huffing. Did you see that movie Citizen Ruth? No. Oh, it's so good. <clears throat> By the um, way, I didn't do it all the time, just okay. to clarify. I had a summer where I huffed, basically. Summer of huffing. What is Citizen Ruth? Uh, well, I, have a, I have a huffing question, though. But did you do it I'm like, like trying all... not to come off too hardcore. I'm like, it wasn't every summer. It's, like, <laughs> it's still awful. <laughs> but like how frequently that summer did you do it? Well, I had friends who – I had a friend who kind of discovered it. And she had a boat and we used to go out on her boat and we'd spray it on a sock. So we'd mm. bring a sock, spray it on a sock. Put the sock to our mouth, inhale it, and then we would wash our hair in the lake. That was like what we do. We bring shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> Sorry. It was just so bizarre. And we would just be high washing our, you know, my same friend who got me into smoking mm-hmm. and hooking up with guys like I didn't know very well. You know, like yeah. I just had like at, almost like a secret life in high school. Mm-hmm. But then I would go to school and I, you know, was doing these Performance art Yeah, pieces. doing performance art pieces and stuff like that. So you wouldn't pass out, but you'd feel mm-hmm. like lightheaded? Is that yeah. how it made you feel? Yeah. Lightheaded, but also like certain phrases would come in, into my mind. Oh, like what? Do you One, like that? 
Oh my God. It would be like, I can't even see it but red. I can't even see it but red. I remember saying that. One thing that I also said was, um, oh, everything is rewinding. Mm. Everything is rewinding. Huh. Yeah. Um, so Citizen Ruth, uh, Laura Dern plays this woman, Ruth, and she is I can't remember what her circumstances are exactly, but she Ooh. huffs um spray paint and she gets pregnant um and this like religious family and church offers her a bunch of money to have the child and then this pro choice group let's say offers her like a ton of money to have an abortion oh and gosh. It's a satire of the of the pro-choice, pro-life, like, you know, wow, situation. Kind of caught in the middle. With um, her and her addiction, so she's done. Yeah, I mean, that's just kind of in the background. Mm. But I just remember a scene of her huffing into a, bra- a paper bag and, like, pulling the bag away and the, the like, silver paint is kind of around her face. Um do you but know yeah. what's so weird about it? I think I felt that it was an innocent thing to do because it's in your house. Yeah. So, oh, if this is something you can just buy at the store, mm-hmm. how could it be that harmful? Right. Right. I mean, I'm sure I knew on some level but that seem, it would. Seems like it. It turned. It was only. Hey, it was only one summer. Yeah, it was only one summer. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So, did you do do anything like that? Not in high school. Mm. I, I never huffed. I've never huffed. I did. I did experiment with stuff. Um, but like it was I later. experimented with theater. No. <laughs> I did. I experimented, I experimented with poetry <laughs> as well. Um, no, I did some experimentation uh, when I moved to New York. So okay. like later than mm. almost everyone did. And I almost, I almost feel like that's worse. I don't know. In some ways, maybe it's better, but. I almost feel like it would have been better if I just got it out of my system in high school like everyone else instead of like being in my 20s and it like being a out of control person mm. in my 20s, you know. I think my out of controlness went on for a long time. Do you feel like it's behind you now? Yes. I feel like I can't just personally afford to have problems. Like I have enough problems. We were saying before I came here, like I had Lyme disease. I had a stroke because of it. I had a lot of like, that was in like 2014 to 2017 was, were really hard years for me. Mm-hmm. If I were to pick up an addiction now, it would just be like, oh, you, there, like you can't handle that much weight, I think. Right. What happened with your stroke? So, well, this is crazy. I hope children, if you're listening, turn the volume away. <laughs> <laughs> So I figured out that I had Lyme. I went through all this treatment. It was really scary because I found out that my blood was coagulating from mm. it. So I had to do heparin shots, which I still have to take. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like that was it, – it affects all these different systems of your body. So you're just like, oh, this is just my new normal, mm-hmm. basically. It ruined my thyroid. I had some a crazy like – yeah. I, there, there was a lot. I, I was – I woke up and I couldn't feel my legs. Oh my that God. was actually what my uh, poem was about that was in Harvard Review. Um, so 
I thought I was over. I thought I was getting better at least. And I was on hiatus from, I was writing on Nikki Glazer's show. I went on a trip to Hawaii by myself. Oh, wow. I've done that twice. I love traveling by myself. Yeah. So I went to Kauai. I had an amazing time. When I came back, I was just in the best mood. I decided to masturbate. And Nikki is this had, the part they should turn up? Yeah, turn the volume way up. And uh, <laughs> Nikki had given us Hitachi magic wands mm-hmm. as a gift on the show. Was, was it on not that. safe? Yeah, yeah. I was using that, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I climaxed. <laughs> Such an adult word. Then I climaxed, <laughs> and everything went. I blacked out. Like everything went dark in oh my, my vision. God, yeah. I shouldn't say I blacked out. My vision went dark except for like a yellow squiggly line. Mm. Um, It was very weird. And then the room got super bright. And I was like, oh, my God. Like that was a powerful orgasm. (laughs) Like (laughs) seriously, like what happened? I got up and I was like, whoa. Like it didn't come – like my vision was messed up. Mm. Like I went into my bathroom and I was looking at my hand I actually went to Nikki's house after this happened because I was like, I don't know what's going on. When my hand was in front of me, I could see it. But if I put it a little bit lower, it disappeared. It was like I could still see the floor, but mm-hmm. I couldn't see my hand. There oh, was like a pat, like a yes, patch. Yes, vision because vision has depth. Like right. we think of it as oh, just you see or you don't see. Uh-huh. But there's there was a spot missing in my right. vision. And so I, at that time, I already had like Lyme disease friends. So I called my Lyme friends. Like, has this ever happened to you? I thought something happened in my eye. So I went to an eye doctor. They said, everything's okay, but you should get an MRI. Did, when you were telling the story to everyone, did it include that you were masturbating? Did you include that? Yeah. Part? No, you probably should have. I, I did to the doctor. Yeah, mm-hmm. I said I had an orgasm. You know, yeah. I wasn't like, picture it. <laughs> Me, back from Hawaii, <laughs> looking my best. <laughs> but Everyone's like, question is, were you alone? Mm. And I was alone. If that had happened with a guy, it's like it's too big a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, I got an MRI. My friend drove me to the MRI. I get the results back. And my doctor, I remember I was in my car like on a lunch break, and he said, yeah, you had a hemorrhage. I didn't really know what that meant. Right. And he said, you have to go to this – this clinic. So I went to the clinic and there were all these old people sitting in the lobby, like, you know, walkers with tennis balls. The doctor calls me in and I said, there's a lot of old people here. And he goes, yes, that's because this is a stroke clinic and you have had a stroke. Oh, wow. And he pinned my MRI up on the wall, you know, so I could see it through the light board and you could just see a pool of blood, like a white Mm. ocean on my brain. Oh my God. And he said, I'm, it, you're lucky to be here. Wow. You're lucky you didn't have to go to the ICU. He said it happened in your occipital lobe, which is responsible for vision. And um, I said, this is so scary, gross. I mean, it's just I, I, the whole experience was just, I've written a lot about this as well. I said, I'm also having this metallic taste. And he said, oh, that's the blood draining from your brain <laughs> oh. into your stomach. So, and what's crazy is I was between health insurance, like my health insurance. Oh, wow. I had like lost, I had worked Mm -hmm. at E, I worked at the soup for a really long time and my health insurance ran out 
and I was waiting for my WGA to kick in. And so it was, it was a disastrous part of my life. Yeah. And it took me a long time to kind of, I even asked my doctor, I go, so should I like, would you have sex again? And he goes, I wouldn't. Like ever? Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, he didn't say never, but he he said I wouldn't. And I said, okay. So I was thinking, oh, I'm just going to live this like Emily Dickinson comedian life. Um, I did not follow his. Yeah. Were you scared? (laughs) It wasn't advice. You've been scared the first time though. Yeah, I was hooking up with this guy and or I was kind of like lightly seeing this neighbor of mine. <laughs> and I said, he was like, can you hang out? And I told him over the phone. I said, I really want to see you. But, you know, I just had a stroke caused by an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, well, we could just like hang out, watch TV. Like it was a very casual thing. But I was but then when I finally was ready, he like gave me an orgasm. And I said, if anything bad happens, do you promise you'll drive me to uh, Hollywood Presbyterian? And he was like, sure. Yes. So yeah, I ended up, we're still friends. And nothing, and you didn't have a stroke again. And I didn't have a stroke. No. <sighs> That's so, so scary. Yeah. I mean, what's weird to me is we have all these checkups. We have all these doctor's appointments. No one gets an MRI of their brain unless something happens. And you know how you hear about like, oh, so-and-so had an annual – or like Sharon Stone had a stroke. She and did. She wrote a book about it. Her brain is like in a different – she had to learn how to talk and everything. Mm. Her husband left her and she – it was like hanging by a thread. Oh, my God. Yeah. She had a major, major stroke. Huh. And, and it happens to a lot of people. It's like cause we don't check. Right. Not to freak out your audience. I'm like, you, have you checked your head lately? <laughs> Beware. But yeah. we don't really know what's happening inside our bodies until there's a problem. Mm-hmm. That's why, I mean, I have so many thoughts on like healthcare and oh, yes. stuff like that after going through this. Because the other thing about Lyme is they tell you if you get it, that you just have to take two weeks of medication and then it goes away. And that's for so many people not the case. Right. If you see the rash, you need 28 days of doxycycline. And some doctors will be like, oh, here's seven days worth or whatever. Yeah. But but if you don't catch the rash when it happens, it can just cause permanent forever problems. So, And a lot of it's not covered by health insurance because the CDC doesn't recognize it as a disease after the two weeks. Then they go, oh, now you have fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue. Like they'll just put some other... Like when I first started getting sick, they told me I had a million other things. They told me I had lupus at first, mm. then fibromyalgia. Oh, what a confusing time. Yeah, it was scary. It sounds awful. Yeah. Don't you want to talk more about my illness? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> and remember, guys, I'm immunocompromised. I kept making that joke during the beginning of COVID. I'm like, finally, I can remind everybody else about my immunocompromisation. <laughs> but anyway... Allison. Uh, Lizzie, I could talk to you forever. I know. Because I have more things to ask, but I'm looking at the time. Well, what time is it? It's like uh, we've been going on. We're closing in on like two hours. I I don't even know what time it is. I'm just looking at how long this episode Uh, is. Um, How long are your episodes usually? Like an hour and a half. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I love that. Really? There have been points where I'm like talking, talking. I'm like, I hope this is still engaging. It is. No, it's good. You know what? We're going to have to do some stuff out. You're going to have to come back. 
I would love we to. We haven't even done Just Me or Everyone or Hey, Go Fuck Yourself. Oh, yeah. So can I really just quickly tell you my Is It Me or Everyone? Yes. Because that's my stronger one. Yes, of I course. I cannot drive with a jacket on. Really? I get in the car and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I have to take it off or I panic. Like, I feel like if I'm wearing a jacket in the car, I can't even use my arms. And I don't know if that – What about like – now are we talking specifically – Jacket, like coat, or like even a cardigan or something? That's a good question. Um, I would prefer not to wear a cardigan. Yeah. So I'll not, take that you out. don't want a second yeah, layer. I need to be wearing a t shirt or something. Can you go yes, to the no bath- second layer? That's what it is. Yeah. What about going to the bathroom with a second layer on? Because I gotta, oh. I gotta strip down if I need to go to the bath. I mean, not to nothing, but I would prefer not to even, if I'm in public, but I would rather not even wear a bra if I have to go to the bathroom. That is wild. I know. Why is that? From toddler to, days or something? I need to breathe easy. I don't know. I just need to I don't know. Did you did you have bladder infections when you were little? <sighs> well, look, I'm talking about number two here. Oh, number two, I see. Okay. Yeah. So I need I need range of motion. I need I need range <laughs> of motion. Like to get it out. Yes. Oh my God, Allison, that's so funny. I just need to feel at ease. <laughs> that is wild. I don't have that with number. Okay. I don't have that with number two or but, one. So you could like sit down with a coat on. Yep, I could wear winter coat. What? But you can't drive. Bathroom. Well, I mean, no. I guess you actually do need to move I around feel more. Yeah, that I can't reach. If I were to reach for something and there was any tightness in my mm-hmm. armpit, I'd be like. Like, I just freak out. That makes sense, actually. It makes sense mm. that you do are moving around more in a car, like to look around and stuff. If it's cold out, I would rather drive in a T-shirt and just jack up the heat. Or a T-shirt with mittens or mm-hmm. – yeah, in Minnesota. I guess in Minnesota, I think this was a more – slightly more recent it's like in the past like probably five years or something that i become at least aware of it maybe i was doing it before but i just get in the especially when jean jackets were really having a moment that is the crunchiest jacket very binding yeah i think that was an er an error i think denim should not be worn as a jacket i only briefly oversized maybe yeah I briefly had a denim jacket phase when I was pregnant because there's a lot of denim jackets offered mm. to mat- in maternity places. I can also see you look at – you have the coloring for denim. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah, you have dark features against mm. like some blue or yeah. it would be really good. Thank you. I, uh, my first headshot, I was wearing a denim jacket. Were you? I do believe I the color it. was popped, yeah. Was it from Express? No, I think it was from Guess, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Power move. Mm-hmm. I did have a lot of stuff from Express and Limited. Oh, my God. A lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I had a lot of Express. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they had <laughs> – did they do two-for-one earrings? Express I loved... was my first credit card. Oh, And my I remember gosh. I didn't know how credit cards worked, and I was like, I got one? <laughs> I thought it was just, oh, you got money. Yeah. That's and I they bought... want you to think. Predatory. They want you to think that. Right. Like, you got approved. Yeah. Did you know you, I, they were like, did you know you got approved? I'm like, I got approved? And then my friend said, you know you have to pay that back. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad you couldn't put your medical bills on and your then, limited card. Oh, my God. That is card. so funny. All I have is Express. <laughs> 
American Express. I made so no. many credit card mistakes. I continue to. I, that's another thing. And I don't know if that's part of the disorganization, but like my life, I guess I catch things like Tetris, like, oh, that bill is floating. Don't let me catch it. Let me catch it. <laughs> like everything is just this last minute, like cupping of the hand, trying to <clears throat> grab things before they hit the floor. Right. Oh my God. I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> like that was dark and demented. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just putting out fires left and well, right. Well, see, this is where we're not twins anymore. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, because you're organized. You do I, have yes. You've got that. I don't. I've got gas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I, I was just yes. making a. I was making a number That's two joke. Um, no, because see, I had to. I had to. Uh, but my husband is disorganized in that mm. sense. Okay. He's, he, not super disorganized. Is he left-handed by chance? No, but okay. one of my sons is, okay. I think. Um, that's, that's what I am. And I think okay. that that's a yeah. lot of it. But the bill pay, I do the bill paying now because there were two, like occasionally something would slide through. And I was like, how is this happening? Now we have late charges and that does freak me out. Right. So, because I am more on top of that. Right. This, so that's why I had, when you said that you're just catching things Tetris style, that did, I was like, oh in the same way that like, I used to have like tons of CDs and things in the backseat of my car on the bottom. And uh, my friend looked and he's like, this stresses me out. And I'm like, sorry. Right. That's just how I live. Yeah. My car is, is I have tarot cards smeared across my passenger seat right now. I had a few decks that got mixed up. Like I have to like even that. Like I can't keep my tarot cards in a pile. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's you a need racket. like a shoe, like they have in Las Vegas, a tarot card shoe. They have a shoe, N- not for tarot cards, oh. but <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like wait, that's so amazing, Allison. Do you know what I'm talking about though? The no, card shoe. I love that. Oh, so oh, a card shoe, like in it's Las not Vegas. A shoe that it, a oh cute my god. Shoe? Oh my god! Not like a shoe phone, but a shoe tarot card holder. Yeah, but I like wish a high they heel ha- phone. I wish they had a tarot card shoe oh. shoe, but no, it's like a. They call it a card shoe, and it holds like ten oh. decks, and you pull a card out in Las oh. Vegas. It's where they like then for like twenty one, they'll have a card shoe. Allison, so you need that for tarot cards. That is actually brilliant. If I did tarot that way, Ooh, get in. You got to be on the mic. That is brilliant. If I did tarot that yes. way, yes. Get a tarot card shoe. I need to be a tarot gambler. Yes. Wait. Uh, okay. I'm decks, seeing a whole character. I'm having a vision. Wear a vest. Yes. And this would be like, hit me. Half people bet on which card they're going to get. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm putting gonna, a, yeah, like I'm stay. I'm putting stay. 50 on seven of swords. Yeah. That's fine. Yes. Oh my God. Are you going to stay? Wow. Okay, you heard it here first. Don't steal it. Don't steal it. Don't steal it. Don't steal it. <laughs> this was so much fun. I so enjoyed this. Listeners, if you like what you're hearing, or even if you don't, please, please make <laughs> sure you're subscribed. Leave us a nice comment. Five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. I read them. I read them on the show sometimes. I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Bonus episodes of my Patreon podcast, The Friend Zone. Uh, just did a bonus episode with Daniel. He got emotionally naked. Um, before that, one with Betsy Sodaro. There's been so so many go back into the archives anyone you can think of there's probably a bonus episode of them 
with them where we answered your questions and t- all sorts of hot gossip. Also, um, you can see videos of the Thursday show and there's a level where you can text me and I'll text you back and um, all sorts of fun stuff. Subscribe for a year, get two months free, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. Listen to my other podcast, Childish, and my lighthearted news podcast, Upworthy Weekly, which comes out on Saturdays. Follow me on social media at Allison Rosen on Twitter and Instagram. Lizzie, where can they find you and what should they look out for and plug all your stuff? Please. Oh my God, please. What day does this come out by Monday. the way? Okay, Monday. <laughs> I, I still have no concept of what that means in truth. Um, like, Monday is in three days. Okay. Uh, June 8th, come see me perform at the Fable in Eagle Rock or it might just be called Fable. Also, please listen to Lizzie Cooperman's In Your Hands and that comes out every Thursday. If you listen on Thursdays, then you can vote in my Instagram stories. And then on Friday, I take action. So that's at L-I-Z-Z-Y Cooperman. And I feel like that's it. In the beginning of July, I'm going to be in Sacramento and then Nevada City. I'm excited about that. And I really want to tour more. So if you want me to come to your city, request. And I, I want to come out. Okay. Thank, thank you, you so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. I love you. You matter. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 